again. You know, here is a twisted thought I had yesterday that I'm ashamed of. Hmm. But it uh, speaks to where we are. The first number I heard was 12. Some irresponsible news outlet jumping the gun and sure one wanting first wanting to be first but i heard 12 and my first like one second thought was okay so not that many mm. isn't that crazy yeah that's it's a measure of where we are In, yeah. inflation it's yeah. it's it's death inflation mm-hmm. because we've had so many 20 and 30 something and 50 something now that when i hear 12 i think okay good not that many right which is just you know we're talking up, children at a school yeah, this, yeah which, it's yeah. an insane number right Right. It's an insane thing to happen. It's utterly unthinkable, except that it's thinkable. And that is our problem. That is our problem. That it has now thinkable. become on the list of things you can do. Right. And that is a societal problem. Yeah, back to that in just a second. But um, ha- having a couple of kids that went through a traumatic experience not even close to as traumatic as this, and they're both uh, getting therapy and, uh, and and a variety of things that we're supposed to look out for the rest of their lives. I can't imagine what every kid in that school is dealing with. Mm-hmm. And probably even the neighboring schools, as they probably went on lockdown right. the way they often do. Th- those kids will be affected by that for the rest of their lives in one way or another. And uh, it's been, yeah, it's it's a big deal. Meanwhile, I think... The American media is playing an important role in promoting more shootings. As we've discussed many times on this show, I think our media are doing exactly the wrong thing out of greed, stupidity, and lack of wisdom, which is slightly different than stupidity. Um, Yeah, I think if you explain to a lot of these people what they're doing, I think they'd back off of it. I don't think they're so greedy that they would keep doing it, mm -hmm. I think. I'm not sure I agree. But we we had a panel of professionals. I think it was after Newtown, which can you look up how many years ago that was? Because this is a long time ago now. That's when all those kindergartners got killed, which was the worst thing that has ever happened. I mean, it was just, you know, it's unbelievable. And um, 2012? Really? Six years ago. And uh, everybody, you know, they're in different conversations about guns and this and that and all the different stuff. And we just ask the simple question: Does the the way the media covers this, you know, is it leads to does this make more of them or less of them? Look at that picture up there. Oh my god! Yep. Look at look at the Perfect. exciting antihero. He's is he the star? Is he the villain in an exciting new uh, movie, a blockbuster hundred million dollar movie? Yeah, I can't pause that TV. So yeah, they just they just showed a picture of the guy holding the gun in a very cool way, and that that gets to what I was just talking about. So the, the way the media coverage is, does this make more of these or less of these? And they all agreed, everybody on the panel agreed. Oh, without ab- hesitation. Without hesitation. Oh, it absolutely leads to more of these. Yeah. You take, like I said earlier, it's as if he has a publicist whose job is to get the kid laid, trying to find the coolest pictures that exist of him in all of social media. Mm-hmm. And you run that one on television and the newspaper. Right. Of course that leads to more of these. I mean, yet how long do you have to think about it before you think, oh, yeah, I can see how that would lead to more of these. And if we've, you're going to run a picture at all, pick his pimply-faced high school yearbook picture, okay? I don't. You don't need a picture. Nope. So you don't need to put a picture out there at all. Except that it's exciting. But don't, picture, don't pick the one that makes him like a cool, sexy folk hero. 
What the hell are you doing, CBS News, New York Times last night? It's so disturbing. And so the one thing the president could actually do is if he stood up to the podium today and said, look, I've talked to these various mental health professionals, these researchers. This is what they all agree on. Hey, media, do us all a favor. Stop doing this. Right. That could actually have an effect. It's very frustrating. And as you've heard us say before, everybody has gripes. Everybody has frustrations. Everybody has ideas they want the world to hear. Everybody wishes the world could hear their ideas. All of the networks, all of the major newspapers have struck a de facto bargain. They haven't announced this bargain, but they've made it clear this is the bargain. If you kill lots of people, we will print all your ideas. If you kill lots and lots of people, children are better... Everyone will know your gripes and everyone will know who has wronged you and how. But we need a great deal of blood to do your work for you. Give us those bodies. Signed, ABC, NBC, CBS, the New York Times, National Public Radio, you name them. CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, et al., so we've mentioned this several times. Malcolm Gladwell, who's a thinker on this sort of thing, um, uh, wrote about how ideas are like a, a, a contagion. They can spread through society like a disease. And there's plenty of information out there to back it up. In good ways and bad. Good ways and bad. It's gone viral, Jack. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good for culture. That way, uh, a, um, a, a culture that is surviving, the ideas on how to survive, like obey the law and treat your kids well and get your kids an education, all this stuff, those ideas spread and mm-hmm. it, it helps, the, uh, it helps the, the, the beast. It helps the animal. But bad ideas spread, too. And this is one of them that is, it is spreading like a contagion. And, and things that weren't an idea... Um, weren't something that would pop into your head a few decades ago, now pop into people's heads. The idea has spread. And so digging further on this, um, some really interesting writing about um, the threshold, how the threshold has come down so much as this idea has spread, the threshold of who this idea would have an effect on. Mm -hmm. And they use this example of riots and how a riot often starts with Somebody who's pretty wildly out of control, um, much more willing than a lot of other people to break the law, that sort of thing that will start a riot. The, the, it spreads to people that have never rioted in their lives, would never think of that sort of thing. But it, you look around you and other people are doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and so the threshold has come way down for who would participate in this sort of thing. Makes perfectly good sense when you think about it. Sure. Yeah, and and so you end up in the middle of the riot with you know some pretty dangerous characters that started, and it spreads out to the edges of the riot. People doing the same thing that wouldn't have done it otherwise, mm-hmm. but now it, it seems like an okay idea. The idea spread, the threshold came down, and he uh, applies this to school shooters and how the threshold has come down over the years. And some of the early uh, examples of these school she- shootings were some pretty deranged people. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of Columbine, which is kind of the modern start of this sort of thing. And uh, at least one of those guys absolutely was a full-on psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and the guy from uh, Newtown was seriously mentally ill. But in a lot of these other examples, there's, there's very little in common. They go through a whole bunch of these different big school shootings, and some of them played violent video games, some of them didn't, some of them have horrible home lives, some of them did. Some of them had some history of mental health, a lot of them didn't. 
It's just it's it's it, 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 well, it reminds me of the terrorist thing when the FBI released that study that said, you know, one thing is really interesting about this is all these these uh, various wannabe jihadists that show up in the United States. There's they have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. Religious, not married, not whatever. Yeah. There's nothing in common. So it's the idea that's spreading around. It's a contagion. It's Search same, for identity. Same yeah. with that as it is with this shooting. And they wrap this up. Uh, but the riot has now engulfed the boys who were once content to play with chemistry sets in the basement. The problem is not that there is an endless supply of deeply disturbed young men who are willing to contemplate horrific acts. It's worse. It's that young men no longer need to be deeply disturbed to contemplate these horrific acts. So the contagion of the idea has now spread out, and it's uh, it's become popular enough that people that aren't that disturbed can come up with the idea, make it, it feels acceptable to do this. Well, that would take a massive effort to take an idea that's so repugnant and glorify it, make it sexy, make it exciting, make it common, give it a lot of attention, Jack. That would take an effort that would cost billions of dollars were you to buy that publicity. Helpfully, we have a media that willingly participates in it because it's exciting and sexy. There was, a, viewers. there was a school shooting in uh, Kansas in the 80s that I'll bet nobody listening right now has ever heard of. I knew about it because it happened not that far from where I lived in my state, and it was horrific, and it was another one of these. And But it didn't get national attention because mm-hmm. we were a different media was different then. This is pre-24-hour news, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. And so you probably haven't heard of it, and neither did some high school kid in a, you know, in a Washington school or, or whatever, so that that idea didn't creep into their head. Yeah. Um. So well, I was a news ago, freak as a kid, and I have no memory of that. It didn't get that much attention. Yeah, for whatever reason. And so back then, it would have been pretty easy to keep your kid from hearing about one of these school shootings because they they would <laughs> they would almost had to like go on a search for the information. It's difficult. To keep my kids from finding out about this. Right. I can't turn on the TV or the radio or anything uh, to, to be able to make sure my kids, you know, don't run into this particular story. And then speaking of contagion, the other kids at school have not had that sort of protection, probably. Yeah. A lot of them. So then it spreads around the school. Oh, yeah. Right. It'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if my son ends up hearing about it at school today in second grade. Somebody will probably bring the story to school and then it'll spread like wildfire. I have a feeling that's true. Yeah. Or some well-meaning teacher or administrator will uh, proactively bring it up oh, right to help the kids deal with it right. quote unquote right so in a couple of decades you go we've gone from a story that it would have been difficult to know about to a story that it's almost impossible to keep from your children that's the that's the contagion that's the spreading of the disease of this idea and then the threshold gets lowered as we said now now it's not just psychopaths it's practically anybody like the rioter who thinks apparently this is something we do as human beings. You know, I hate to drive the point just completely into the ground, but evidently it needs to be made. I'm glancing up at the TV, searching for a motive. Psycho gunman flagged his threat. There's his mugshot again. How much publicity is he getting? Billions of dollars worth. Right. This is publicity. You couldn't afford to get this sort of publicity for your new iPhone or a Ford truck. No. No. Boy, in terms like calling yeah, we're them a, a sick society, yeah. we just we are sick. We have a number of diseases. And and how do they not know this? So calling him a psycho gunman and showing that picture—that's cool to a lot of people. That's not that's not an insult. A lot a lot of a lot of kids, and you don't have to be disturbed. According to this article, you see that and you think, "Wow, I'd like to be a psycho gunman instead of just this 
kind of ignored kid who sits in the back of a class. And gets picked on sometimes or whatever. Yeah. I'd like to be known as a psycho gunman. The world is at this guy's feet right now. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. yeah. So weird. Yeah. Um anyway, we've got more on that coming up. We'd love to hear from you. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. God, I hate the media. Yeah. They're really, really doing damage. 415-295-KFTC. You're not down with the texting? You can email us at armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. God, the picture the New York Times ran last night, I tweeted about it, was just disturbing. Of all the pictures you could choose to run of a killer, you went with that one? Yeah. Again, are you trying to get him laid? Is that your job? The inch-deep conversation that's going on everywhere else will not be going on here. Michael, do you have that tape handy? You know why? You know? Would you like to know why? Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. That's why. There we are. We, At, hey, we didn't want the nickname. No. Nope. Just everybody started calling us that. At some point, you can't ignore it. Right. It's like LeBron James being called King James. It's right. Just, you know what happens. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, there isn't a strong link between mental health, mental health issues, you know, which surprises a lot of people, and targeted violence. It's not, you know, a 90% correlation. Having said that, it is there, um, and, and I think there's a strong debate going on in the mental health community, Tucker. It's been going on for generations, you know, are drugs and what about violent video games and the culture, but the question right. has always been... You know, do violent video games cause kids to be violent or naturally violent kids attracted to violent video games? Let me just give you a quick answer. The answer is I don't know, but I can tell you this, Tucker. It definitely ain't helping. That's Dan Bongino. He's a former NYPD officer who's actually working with the Secret Service. The Secret Service, something to do with their role in the government, they were tasked with protecting schools. And uh, and 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 really getting into studying these school shootings and trying to figure out what is in common or, you know, Mm -hmm. we're all trying to figure this out. Yeah. And. uh, So there's the, you know, violent video games always come up. Mental health issues regularly come up. He said there's just not a lot of link between mental health issues and violence. Well, unless you look at mental health broadly. I mean, if you want to shoot up a bunch of people. Who don't have it coming there's something wrong oh with yeah you. by definition mentally sure so yeah in a broad sense absolutely there's a tie-in but i get what he's saying identifiable serious mental health issues of the sort that our system says okay now you can act no no it's, it's rare mm-hmm. um god you even go to the vegas shooter not not ever in his life he obviously was as twisted a homicidal maniac as we have seen in america no outward signs that are actionable. But see, here's what drives me crazy about this, and this is my reference to inch-deep discussions. Uh, you know, let's go to violent video games, for instance. I've read a lot about this. It's really interesting. Violent video games are very, very similar to training methods used in the military to desensitize people to the idea of 
pulling a trigger at somebody who is alive. Pulling well, a trigger and pointing a weapon you know at somebody for, who's alive. You know that for a fact? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that is one of the methods, methods they use to get soldiers more comfortable with killing. Because historically, and we've talked about this before, the rate, the number of soldiers who actually wanted to point their gun and shoot at somebody in World War II was around 20%. Nobody, almost nobody wants to kill other people. It's extremely difficult to get them to do that. So now, you know, Vietnam era was a real leap forward, quote unquote, in understanding the psychology of not wanting to kill people and desensitizing people to it. But having said that, no one thing ever explains most things. If you have a kid with anger problems who's particularly prone to being swept up in the quote-unquote glory of being the school shooter, and maybe he's played a lot of video games where he's pulled a lot of triggers at a lot of people, and he doesn't think anything of the act anymore, and a couple of other factors, then, yeah, you've got a recipe for someone who's going to kill innocents. But this search, I mean, like the left, always goes to gun laws. Immediately to gun laws. And I get it. You're you're kind. You're decent. You're good. You hate the carnage. You want to stop it. Good for you. Some of the things that were illegal in the Florida shooting. Someone under 21 owning that weapon. Entering a public school with a firearm. Assault with a deadly weapon. Murder. Trespassing. Do you want to hear the whole list? It's long. Passing another law is not going to help, unless it is some sort of seriously draconian confiscation of all weapons, which ain't going to happen. So with all due respect to your compassion, which I respect, can we not go there? I haven't heard what gun he used. Uh, I'm hearing like an AR-15. And that that's a gun that a lot of people want banned, right? Uh, yeah, and, and there's a little conflict. There are a lot of people in the media saying he obtained it legally. There's also a law, I believe in Florida, you have to be 21 to own one. Um, I'm, there is plenty of disinformation floating around. If I'm incorrect on any of those points, I apologize in advance. Well, if they didn't exist at all, you wouldn't own one. But so this, this search for one quick solution is, is fatuous. It's a waste of time and it's stupid. And it's to me getting in the way of any serious discussion of what to do about, well, number one, kids killing other kids. And then number two, the mass shooter phenomenon in general. Yeah, well, the only thing that makes sense to me is this contagion idea thing, and uh, well, that is certainly you know quick and easy. We could we could make serious progress in limiting that effect in a big damn hurry if the media would put morality ahead of profit. Or as you've you've been charitable, part of it's that they're so damn stupid or lacking in wisdom they just run with the herd. They know this is what they're quote unquote supposed to do, so they do it. They play their role. Yeah, more on that coming up in a little bit. Also, um, that uh, that big study that the Secret Service did and other people have done, something that they do tend to have in common, these shooters. We'll get to that coming up. What do you got in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we've got the uh, Warriors coach Steve Kerr speaking out in no uncertain terms about these school shootings. We're going to get into that and what parents are spending for their first phone, cell phone for their kids. It'll shock you. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. And my son asked for the first time the other day, when's he get his when's he get a cell phone? Because one kid in his class now has a smartphone. Yeah. Second grader. Oh boy. Tick, tick, tick. The clock has begun. Well, it ain't gonna happen real soon. Uh coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
We do have a couple of uh, constitutional issues in play here. Like, I would like the president to come out in about a half an hour and say, Hey, media, I really wish you'd stop putting the pictures out of these killers and their names, and especially super cool pictures that make them look like somebody you'd want to be. But, of course, we have a First Amendment. Well, and there would be crying and mewling that he was interfering with it. But I don't, you know, I, I don't think that would be threatening um, if he were to say, listen, we have the First Amendment. You can do whatever you want. No, I, he, I'm uh, urging you to do this. If he'd quote some mental health professionals, yeah. he'd be on solid ground. I'm just saying there's no way we can stop it. Right. I mean, I, we got a text from somebody. We should find news outlets to do that. Well, that's yeah, a bad idea. And then on the whole gun thing, uh, pe- people often forget it's it's not just like the law. It's the Second Amendment. It's in the Constitution. Uh, people saying people that are troubled shouldn't have guns. Okay, well, how troubled? you got to be damn troubled before you start violating people's constitutional amendments. Denying them their constitutional yeah. rights. Now, yeah. maybe you think that that shouldn't be uh, you know, a constitutional amendment. Different conversation. But as long as it is one of the amendments, it's pretty hard to get around. Right. Let's well, get you to dedicate your life to overturning it to repealing it yeah and a lot of people would like to do that right. so that's, but, that's but a, that is your only option yeah that yeah, exactly that's a different situation uh let's get the news now with marsha phillips well, as you mentioned president trump is getting ready to speak on the deadly school shooting in florida this morning that's going to be i gotta interrupt you right there yeah. joe and i say this all the time yeah. we said it with bush we'll say it with but we said it with obama mm-hmm. we'll say it with trump not into the whole need somebody to come out and heal the nation right. thing i don't believe in it i just Unless he's got something to say that's solving the whole um, emoting for America, I think is just childish. And yeah, stupid. I don't. I don't need the president to be my mom. Trump I don't need helping a hug. us. The helping I need us policy. The media is always talking about yeah. them helping us grieve or helping us through various times. Yeah, who just, effing needs that? Nobody. Out of the, the chief executive of the federal government. If you do, you need what you need is help. Trump was tweeting this morning saying that the teen suspected of killing the 17 people at the Florida high school showed signs before the shooting. So many signs that the Florida shooter was mentally disturbed, including being expelled from school for bad and erratic behavior. End of tweet. Meanwhile, you got the goal. So what? Get to the next part. What do we do with people like that? How many are there? What would help them? How much money would it cost to reach out to them? In what form should we? But nobody wants to have the next step in the conversation. We got to, I know we have, well, I'll let you go ahead, Marshall. I'll respond after it happens. (laughs) Meanwhile, the Golden State Warriors coach. Here here it comes. It's happening. (laughs) Steve Kerr reacting to the latest school shooting, saying our government doesn't seem to care that kids are being gunned down in our schools as well as other public places. It doesn't seem to matter uh, to our government um, that children are being shot to death. Day after day in schools, doesn't matter that people are being shot um, at a concert, in a movie theater. You are a good and kind and soft-hearted man, Steve, and I have nothing but affection for you. But you have no idea what you're talking about. You're reading too much Salon.com and your BuzzFeed or whatever. Sir, there are serious legal constitutional issues uh, uh, that that are uh, in the way of doing what you would like to do. Unless you are willing to take the next step and confront them and discuss them, you're really not helping. 
And the uh, Warriors uh, head coach, Kerr, says he hopes there are still politicians that want to actually fix problems, not made-up ones like President Trump's, quote, stupid wall. And, but hopefully we can find enough people with courage to actually help uh, our citizens uh, remain safe and focus on, on the real safety issues, not building some stupid wall for billions of dollars that has nothing to do with our safety, but actually protecting us from what truly is dangerous. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, as a gun owner, I own a number of guns. Um, I'm pro-Second Amendment, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. I am not frightened by the gun conversation while the way a lot of gun owners are. I don't, like, think the Second Amendment's going to be overturned if we merely have the conversation about various weapons and whether or not they ought to be legal. Hillary is not coming for my guns. Like some of you you seem to be, that if we have the conversation at all, that's the similar to abortion or a lot of other things. If you even start down the road of the conversation, the whole thing's going away. I'm not worried about that. So, but the problem always happens where we start throwing around various bands of things that wouldn't have helped this shooting. Like, I don't know all the details in this shooting. I'm not sure everybody does know the details on this shooting yet of who got the gun where and all that sort of stuff. But regularly, people want to pass laws that wouldn't have stopped this killing or several others. Right. So then what are we doing? There is a process that a lot of people go through, Steve Kerr and others, well, and a lot of people. And again, it's for the right reasons, and I don't hate you for it. But it's an emotional process of we have to do something. And somebody suggests something. And so we have to do that. Even though that something would not have prevented it and won't prevent the next one. But you've gone through the emotional process of we have to do something, now we've done something. Now I feel better. I can go back to coaching the greatest basketball team ever assembled, arguably. Or running your life or, or you know, living your life the way you see fit. But that is, that is an emotional spasm, and we've got to be grown-ups. Grown-ups don't run their lives on emotional spasms. They plan, they think, they do the hard work. And that's, that's what bothers me most about modern society, is we're so emotionalistic, and there are, there's, a, there's a shortage of adults. I wish some uh, network would have a, like a roundtable, one-hour primetime show with reasonable people on both sides of the issue. To, to to educate all Americans about, okay, what is an assault weapon? What is the current law? What has the Supreme Court ruled this way and that over the years? Here's an, here's a gun. Why is this one legal or not legal? That'd be a fascinating hour. Yeah. And the people who say this should be banned, and the people say we they the the they, here's why I don't think they should be, or they actually are, or whatever. I heard somebody. I was astounded because they ought to know better. Saying automatic weapons. Right. Talking about yeah. the shooting. Yeah, well, again, God, we bring gotta... that up. What's an automatic weapon? Um, what isn't an automatic weapon? What can be purchased at all? Be a great hour of television. I'll bet you'd get a lot of viewers. Yeah. We don't do that sort of thing in America for some reason. I'd be happy to host it. Yeah, it, it, I think it'd be pretty easy to do. I know the I know the yeah. very questions to ask. I could probably dig up the guests. Yeah. But you know why we're not going to? Because we're not pretty enough. <laughs> Which is <laughs> no, yet <laughs> another indictment of our sick, sick post-peak empire. Look, at nobody wants to, nobody wants to see you while we're having this discussion, Listen, right? Look at that this fat is man talking about the Second Amendment. Who can watch this? The bald guy with the, the beady, squinty eyes. I mean, this is enough of a tragedy without having to look at him. Gary, How's that TV show of yours going? <laughs> it's fine, Laura. It's fine. Uh, gearing up for your child's first phone, we got a new study out that finds most parents spend at least 
$700 on the first smartphone they buy for their kids. What? The the best one out there for the first phone? 77% of parents admit they spent more than $700 on their child's first phone, and 25% with a child age 6 or younger said their kid already has a smartphone. And my my son's second grade class, one kid has a phone. I've got a I've got a, one of his best friends, a third grader. I'll have to try to find out how many kids in the third grade class have a phone. Right. I'm sure it grows pretty quickly right. after that. Yeah, almost eighty percent of the parents say they aren't even capping the amount of time their children spend on their devices. I tell you, I, I'm sorry I wasn't here when this nation was born. I'm sorry I missed some of the periods of remarkable growth and development. Sorry I missed beating back the Nazis, for instance, in the post-war era. Had to be pretty interesting. Uh, but being here to watch the decay uh, is really interesting. What are you talking about related to the societal phone thing? decay? Well, yeah, the the affluence and the uh, uh, what's the uh, what's the term that the the Marxists use? But uh, I mean, we're just we're um, what is that term? Ah, I've flitted out of my head. But we are uh, we're an extremely affluent, comfortable, self obsessed, overly emotionalistic, crumbling empire, and it's just interesting to observe. And that fits into the cell phone thing, you think? Yeah, absolutely. The idea of a six year old with a seven hundred dollars cell phone—that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. It's like uh, it's like seeing a six year old like in an Egyptian tomb dripping with jewels. What is that all about? Well, the what only reason you you'd have the only reason you'd have a seven hundred dollar yeah. phone is if it's a smartphone that you know is accessing the internet. And I don't know why you'd ever want your kid accessing the internet. Parents use them as kid trackers. You can have like little GPS trackers right. on the phone. That's true. Seven hundred dollars worth. You don't need well, to there's track. A, there's your kid. a two hundred dollar smartphone, Marshall. If you're getting a smartphone, true. you're paying seven hundred dollars. Yeah, all right. So. It- There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of a nation, the uh, conscience of the nation. Yes. Yes. The conscience of the nation. The voice. Yeah. Okay. Again, a name that was thrust upon us. Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. Oh, yes. Yes, That's right. The acronym is CON. It's probably a coincidence. I don't think it means anything. (laughs) No correlation there. It's just... I am, I am happy to fulfill that role. It's an accident of history. What? Um, yeah, so we got some pretty good text on this. Variety of viewpoints I think you'll like. Bring it! Yeah. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. If you could do one thing so that the world could stop dealing with this, what would you do? 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Attention. pre-attack notifiers and pre-attack uh, behavioral pattern was very similar, Tucker. Uh, a, a large majority of these school shooters had told someone about the plan in some form in advance. And, huh. you know, I get it. We've heard if you see something, say something a thousand times, and sadly it's almost become, you know, people just gaff it off. But the reality is, I, I think sometimes what, when you hear that, especially in a school environment, like, oh, he's a kid, he's depressed. 
This may be an example where you go to someone in the school and you say, listen, we may have a problem here. Doesn't mean that that person's going to be arrested or, it, you know, it may just be he's depressed. But it, the, the fact that these school shooters, Tucker, these pre-attack notifiers were there in advance and a lot of kids never said anything was one of the most deeply disturbing parts of that report that I read. And that's what the guy is uh, discussing a report um Put together, I think it was by the Secret Service on uh, school shootings and what they have in common and don't, and what maybe we could do to stop them because we're all after every one of these. I think Jesus, something's got to be done. Then you get down. Everybody to the, thinks that, yeah. yeah. Then you think what? But um, I said the one thing they all have in common is they they they, they almost always tell somebody mm-hmm. that they want to do this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, okay. Before, uh, I think so. What you're implying, what you're hinting at, is clearly. Somebody ought to say something to somebody if somebody else says, I want to shoot up a school in some form. I mean, clearly, you're absolutely right. But it, my mind flits back to Malcolm Gladwell's point that now the notion of shooting up a school is so common, whether seriously or jokingly or whatever, um, it doesn't, it's not as outlandish as it sounds that somebody brings it up. It's like, you know, we've made jokes about they're going to come back and shoot the place up yeah. about various uh, yeah. odd coworkers. Oh, yeah. My uh, wife and I make that joke is a it's a joke, but it's yeah, well, very we joke dark about humor. things that we fear. Yeah. Part of the human condition. Uh, we got this text. My middle school daughter had a kid in her class. My middle school. Oof. My middle school daughter had a kid in her class who would constantly threaten to kill my daughter and also threaten to kill the class. My daughter was scared and missed school because of it. God, that's horrifying. What did the school do? She told the teacher and the principal there were witnesses who heard this girl say it. The school wouldn't do anything about it until we escalated it and filed a formal complaint, and then it wasn't much. Mm. I'm not shocked by that. Well, you know, you could, uh, I don't know, I suppose you want to be mad at the administrators for not doing more, but I'll bet there's a hell of a lot of restraint on what's the more you're going to do. Right. So we're going to, what, kick her out of school? Force her into mental health? Uh, No, that's not the way the world works. Keep an eye on her? We'll do that. That doesn't get you much. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. Talk to the parents, a little outreach, a little mental health counseling made available. You can try. Which they can take uh, advantage of or decide not to. Sure. Um, so, yeah, God dang it. That's a tough one. Um, uh, we got this. If advertisers put pressure on the news channels that they wouldn't pay for advertising when reporting on these shootings the way they do, maybe we'd see a decrease in this kind of uh, reporting. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, th- it works for running pervos out of jobs. Like That's why Bill O'Reilly had to go. He had enough a- advertisers who said, we won't advertise on this show because he's a pervo. Right. Um, I, I wish people could uh, organize enough to say we're not going to advertise on this show or buy ads in this newspaper because you run these super cool um, he's a movie star pictures every time there's a school shooting. You glorify murderers. Although there's so many people doing it, I don't think you I think you could get the critical mass to make any effort. Um, uh, as to the video game theories, I simply state there are millions of us who play these games and 99.9% of us don't run out and start shooting people. Clearly true. Uh, clearly true. As the as that guy said, we just heard from who studied this a lot. He said it doesn't help. Well, no, it's with, it's it's like a point system. Yep, and that's just a point or two points, depending on your scale. 
It's not like somebody who plays shooter video games is going to go out and murder people. It, But if somebody does X, Y, Z, and they really love the shooter video games, you think, hmm, okay, they're, on, they're at five points now. Maybe we keep an eye on them. Or yeah. maybe we talk to them, do some nice outreach. If you believe in this, this thing that it's a contagion, it's an idea that is spreading, and it's becoming more acceptable so now, and it's lowered the threshold of people who are willing to do it. I absolutely believe that. But, man, that makes it complicated. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. if, you, if you decide, you know, we're going to have a drill for this at our schools in case this happens, well, man, that's spreading the idea of it being a, something that can happen among all the students in your school. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah, but it's, it's a sociological problem like drunk driving, uh, uh, you know, domestic violence, uh, that sort of thing. It's just it's going to be a long, slow consensus effort by a society to 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 uh, punish where punishment is needed, to help where help is needed, understand a lot of understanding, and there are no quick solutions. Any search for a quick solution is 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 silly. These kids are going postal. Remember when there was a time that disgruntled postal workers were returning to work and killing people? How was that issue solved? Did it just fix itself? Did it just go away? I don't actually know. I know, I've talked about this before, I read this book called The Dynamite Club, when anarchists were blowing up things in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and it just went away. Kind of World War I came along, and that got all the attention, and it went away. It was a contagion in the society of the world. Seemed like... Here's something that's acceptable to do, to blow Seemed like a up. good idea. And it just, yeah. it went away as an idea. Like I think jihadism can, and this school shooting thing can, if we don't pay it so much, you know, make them into heroes. Right. Uh, got some more email reaction too, uh, including some voices of dissent. More than happy to air them, yeah, and other stuff, obviously that sure. we can talk about. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.